Between the ages of six and nine, I was a native son of the marine bases of Cherry Point and Camp Lejeune in the eastern coastal regions of North Carolina. My father flew in squadrons of slant-wing corsairs, which I still think of as the most beautiful warplanes that ever took to the sky. For a year, my dad flew with the great Boston hitter and left fielder Ted Williams. And family lore has it that my mother and Ms. Williams used to bathe my sister and me, along with Ted Williams' daughter. That still remains the most distinguished moment of my commonplace career as an athlete. I followed Ted Williams' pursuit of greatness, reveling in my father's insider knowledge that Ted has the best reflexes of any Marine pilot who ever flew Corsairs. I read every book about baseball in the library of each base in town we entered, hoping for any information about the kid or the splendid splinter. When the movie The Great Santini came out starring Robert Duvall, Ted Williams told a sports writer that he'd once flown with Santini. My whole writing career was affirmed with that single, transcendent moment. The forests around Cherry Point and Camp Lejeune were vast to the imagination of a boy. Once I climbed an oak tree as high as I could go in Camp Lejeune, then watched a battalion of Marines with their weapons locked and loaded slip in wordless silence beneath me as they approached enemy territory. When I built a bridge near B Building in Cherry Point, I invited the comely Kathleen McCadden to witness my first crossing. I had painted my face like a Lumbee Indian and wielded a Cherokee tomahawk I had fashioned to earn a silver arrow point as a Cub Scout. My bridge collapsed in a heap around me, and I fell into the middle of a shallow creek as poor Kathleen screamed with laughter on the bank. Though a failed bridge maker, I showed more skill in the task of the tomahawk, and I felled Kathleen with a wild toss that deflected off her shoulder blade. My mother handled the whipping that night, so further discipline by my father proved unnecessary. For the rest of my life, I would read books on Native Americans, and I once coached an Indian baseball team on the near north side of Omaha, Nebraska, after my freshman year at the Citadel. Pretty Kathleen McCadden never spoke to me again, and her father always looked as if he wanted to beat me. I was seven years old. Yet an intellectual life often forms in the strangest, most infertile of conditions. The deep forest of those isolated bases became the kingdom that I took ownership of as a child. I followed the minnow-laced streams as they made their cutting way toward the Trent River. Each time in the woods, I brought my nature-obsessed mother a series of captured animals from snapping turtles to copperheads. Mom would study their scales or fur or plumage as I brought home everything from baby herons to squirrels for her patient inspection. After she looked over the day's catch, she would shower me with praise and then send me back into the woods to return my captives where I had discovered them. She told me she thought I could become a world-class naturalist or even the director of the San Diego Zoo. At the library, she began to check out books that gave me a working knowledge of those creatures that my inquisitive, overprotective dog and I found while wandering the woods. When Chippy jumped between me and an eastern diamondback rattler and took a strike on the muzzle before she broke the snake's back, 
my mother decided that I'd do my most important work in the game preserves of Africa with a scent of lions and flaming Chippy's extraordinary sense of smell. By the time I'd finished fifth grade, I knew the name of almost every mammal in Africa. I even brought her a baby fox once and had a coral snake in a pickle jar. She answered me with trips to the library, where I found a whole section labeled Africa, the books oversized and swimming with photographs of creatures with their claws extended and their fangs bared. Elephants moved across parched savannas, and hippopotamuses bellowed in the Nile River. Crocodiles sunned themselves on riverbanks, where herds of zebra came to drink their fill. Books permitted me to embark on dangerous voyages to a world of painted faces of mandrills and leopards scanning the veldt from the high branches of a baobab tree. There was nothing my mother could not bring me from a library. When I met a young marine in the woods one day hunting butterflies with a net and a killing jar, my mother checked out a book that took me far into the world of Lepidoptera, with hair streaks, sulfurs, and fritillaries placed in solemn rows.